I just want to say how very nice it is to have kind of relatively young people here. Not accounting, of course, for any pre-existing comorbidities. Sab, before we're going to let you fire away with that book report, we do like a roll call. How would you like to be like introduced? I know you're a filmmaker, scholar. Would you like there to be thunderous applause? <laughs> we can put that in. We have the technology. <laughs> yeah, I would love. Uh, but yeah. that thunderous applause will be the thunderous applause from episode three of Star Wars. <laughs> it will be the thunderous applause as described by Queen Amidala. I, yeah, I'll accept. <laughs> Great. <laughs> but now I'm realizing um, that I kind of read the description of the movie and just sort of that stuck in my brain. And while watching the movie, I changed the plot to be that. Perfect. And so, so in my book report, she does live in the apartment of the person who died. <laughs> so we'll just continue that lore that... Um, IMDb is putting out there. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna retcon the Oracle. I like it. It's the same one on Letterboxd too. So I mean, <laughs> are you telling me that nobody is proofreading these Roberta Finlay movie <laughs> descriptions? <laughs> no, and my, mine didn't get proofread either. The Oracle, nineteen ninety-five. Or, I'm sorry, The Oracle. You're really trying to change this. You really want to change this movie. You want to take some everything from this movie. Some oracles the future, and some oracles make the future. And that's what's happening right now. Oh my god. Excuse me, excuse me. All right, I'll take that from the top. The Oracle, 1985, directed by Roberta Findlay and written by R. Allen Leader, weaves a tangled web around a little wooden box, which I'm assuming is the titular Oracle. Jennifer and her husband move into a new apartment where Jennifer discovers the Oracle packed away from the previous tenant who died. Papa's, the building's super, question mark, <laughs> explains that she can use the Oracle to speak to dead people. So naturally, Jennifer whips it out at her housewarming slash Christmas party. <laughs> at the party, Jennifer gets the first message from a murder victim who continues to contact her throughout the movie. Meanwhile, a gender nebulous murderer named Farkas is killing a sex worker and popping Hanukkah balloons in a diner, seemingly unconnected to Jennifer's saga. We come to find out the murder victim contacting Jennifer was murdered by his wife, Farkas, and his business partner, whose name I did not catch. Subsequently, Farkas goes after Jennifer. Ultimately, Jennifer gets away and becomes some sort of medium using the oracle that once tortured her. So... In my mind, the main three mysteries of the movie are what's up with the Oracle, who got murdered, and why, and what is Fargus's gender. <laughs> <laughs> Those are kind of the yep. main places I went. <laughs> big, big, big question. <laughs> <laughs> 
that are answered pretty like easily. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Like as soon as Dorothy, the dead man's wife, was introduced, it's like, oh, she killed. Yeah. Him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, oh, oh, he committed suicide. No way. No, no, no. As soon as Dorothy, the dead man's wife, was introduced, and she was like a smoking thirty-two-year-old, it's like, oh yeah. No. Oh yeah, she was. <laughs> yeah, she was very attractive. The men in this movie, not so much. They all looked exactly the same. They all had the same mustache. <laughs> I. Yeah, I couldn't tell them apart. Jennifer's new apartment was vacant, but it wasn't empty. An ancient device of unspeakable power awaits her. She talked with dead people. With ghosts? Now the horror begins, and no one can stop it. She doesn't know the danger it will foretell. Horrors from beyond the grave pursue Jennifer. Jennifer, are you all right? I don't know. The Oracle. The horror has begun. What the hell are you doing in there? Jenny! The evil has started. The Oracle, rated R, coming soon to a theater near you. <laughs> Casey came to Greg to be like... <laughs> Well, Sav loves Jennifer's body. Do you have a suggestion for that? <laughs> and he found Jennifer, who has a body, and... <laughs> well, maybe. We don't really we don't see really very know. much of it. It's pretty fucking buttoned up the whole time. Oh, her outfits are amazing. I'm just... Her, and I have, oh, the I have, wardrobe. I have some I've thoughts, thoughts about it. Yeah. I, I, oh. I, I have a website full of thoughts about it because the only blog post I could find describing <laughs> oh, sure. the plot of this movie really focused on what she was wearing in every is, single is, is it the one... Is it the... Uh, the... House of Self-Indulgence? Yeah, yes. that's the one. Wow. What's happening right that now? That sounds incredible. Yeah. I'd like to read that. Yeah, it was like Oracle Fashion Week. Yeah. Forward it's, along. It's like, Oracle Fashion Week. They're like, look at Jennifer in this bathrobe. I love it. I'm like, what's the plot of this movie? <laughs> Those are very, very big questions. And I hope that we have the fortitude to answer them. But first, the roll call. Greg Hansen. Yeah, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want, Casey? What do you want? Just doing the roll call, Greg. The accents in this movie were fucking killing me. <laughs> killing me. Jamie Kennedy. Fitting that this movie takes place at Christmas because I know another little ghost story about a guy who was murdered and came back to life to teach the people left behind a lesson. And that guy's name is Jesus Christ. <laughs> Josh Roth. What's in the box? What's in the box? <laughs> oh, it's a planchette. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, my name's Casey Regan, and it is my absolute honor to introduce our exchange student for this episode, a filmmaker and a Roberta Findlay scholar officially now, <laughs> backed up by Letterboxd and the Internet Movie Database. It's where we keep that sort of raw data. <laughs> Sav Smith joins Video High. How video high ends. With thunderous applause, 
And I just want to say um, hashtag justice for Papas. <laughs> Papas was done wrong in this movie. Uh, uh, 100%. Absolutely. <laughs> also, was he I, like good question? Was he paid for his job as a superintendent? Of Better question. This apartment building. Did he wander on the set from where he was shooting a porno nearby? Because <laughs> that's really his introduction. That's a legit question based on Roberta Finlay's uh, <laughs> output. Oh yeah, she made some adult films. Oh, she yeah. made a lot of adult films. Did oh, she wow. ever make some adult films? <laughs> good for her. Honestly, good for her. I just want to say before we go down too many roads. Never has the job title super been more appropriate. <laughs> like this was a truly great person that yeah. we lost to that damn planchet. <laughs> Everyone in the building loved him. Beloved by many. Yeah. Everyone knew him. Yep. <gasps> Mr. Papas, you scared me to death. You told me, Mr. Jorgens. I think I'm lost. I was looking for the laundry room. What is all this stuff anyway? <laughs> Old junk. People leave it. This looks interesting. Do you know what it is? Yes. Uh, Mrs. Malatesta, she left it. It is, how, how, how do you say uh, she talked with dead people, with ghosts? And one day, <laughs> she just disappeared. Italian accent? Uh, I was <laughs> unclear. unclear what it was going for. His swarthy... <laughs> Catholic yeah. accent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then his name is Papa's, which is also kind of could be anything. Yeah, yeah. could right. be made up. Like, <laughs> like the white people just made it up for him. Yep, yep, I yep. feel, you know, it's, it's like, like, yeah, that, that's Papa's. I don't know. Like, yep, yep, yep. <laughs> At Ellis Island. <laughs> yeah. So what's your, what's your name? Avanta Bantovich. And they're just like, you a dad? Like, yeah, it's like Papa's it is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The IMDb description of this film is wrong. Yeah. Is it? Yeah, the IMDb says that it tries to possess her. Yeah. Which yeah. Doesn't happen. Just is it's just is incorrect. <laughs> it's just not it's just not what's happening. And she did, and she did not live in his old apartment was the other also that. Like, part of the log line on IMDb. <laughs> in fact, you could even say, as opposed to trying to possess her, the box sort of liberated her, didn't it? <laughs> I have thoughts on that. I honestly have thoughts on that. I think you'll notice my arms are crossed to show that point. It was very serious. Yeah, I think the listeners will notice that. <laughs> <laughs> but Jennifer finds the glowing briefcase from Pulp Fiction uh, in the right. storage room. <laughs> finds Marcellus Wallace's soul. Yeah. The super gives her the planchette because she she like has taken a shine to it. The planchette, like, the hand that so <laughs> to yeah, set off let's, let's explain let's what explain a from the beginning is. this film unlike ouija or ouija origin of evil uh the far superior film Correct. the planchette they use in this film is a mannequin's severed hand holding a feather pen so what is a planchette exactly it's like the tool part of the ouija board yeah i actually did a bit of research a planchette is french for little plank no. And it came to popularity in the like mid 1800s by way of the Fox sisters, who were three mediums who rose to prominence in the wake of what's called the Hydesville incident, which was 
uh, these two sisters and not and, an incident. Oh God, not an incident. <laughs> oh God. At, at least it's not a horror. At least you didn't. Yeah, yeah, that's true. A massacre. You hate a massacre yep. more than any. But an incident's not good. Oh no, I'm so scared. They lived in what was thought to be a haunted house, and they created a series of hoaxes where they would talk to the dead man buried in the basement and they would ask it questions and they would have wrappings on Ooh. the floor to answer, you know, yes or no to these questions. Sick. They became very famous and ushered spiritualism into sort of the like popular zeitgeist. The planchette was one of the early tools used by spiritualists to quote unquote talk to the dead. The Ouija board was created later in the like 1870s as sort of like an updated and like more user-friendly version of it <laughs> but what's interesting planchette about 2.0 yeah the original planchette was just a little too techy for most people <laughs> <laughs> well you had to write something yeah. <laughs> what's kind of interesting though about the planchette in and sort of like the spiritualism movement in regards to this movie because the rise of spiritualism in the 1800s was a radicalizing force for like radical Quakers who then ended up becoming abolitionists and women's rights advocates. Hmm. Oh, wow. So there's like a lot of like history in the planchette and talking to ghosts and demons and the freeing of women from bondage. Hmm. Obviously, it's directed by Roberta Finlay, who is like this wild exploitation filmmaker and pornographer who has over the years sort of garnered this respect as like an underground and a feminist. And she very much does not see herself as any of those things uh, as an auteur or as a feminist at all. But this movie has a lot of really interesting undertones. The, the short and sweet of Roberta Finlay is she was married to Michael Finlay, who was 11 years her senior. She met him when she was, I believe, 17. She was training to become a classical pianist. He was making like softcore films in the city. They started to work together and she sort of not knowing what to do with her life. She like ran away from home, fell into making movies because she was like, I'm never going to make any money as a concert pianist. I need to uh, have a job. So this is as good as anything. Uh, and they started together making what is uh, commonly referred to as roughies, which was the sort of antecedent to hardcore porn. So it was like in... The late 50s, early 60s was like nudist camp movies. It was lifestyle movies. It was like people being like, look at Bill and his wife, Glenda. And they <laughs> they live in nudity all the time. And it's like people playing volleyball and like going swimming. Do you have like a, do you have a title that I could like take down to? <laughs> So like like because nudity in movies was was illegal the loophole was that it was a it was showing a quote unquote lifestyle and then as censors oh. became more relaxed and stuff like that then you started getting what was called as the roughies which were basically like BDSM tinged sexploitation movies there's a lot of 
murder. There's a lot of hitting. There's a lot of, you know, like people shouting at each other, you know. And that was like a cycle for about two and a half years <laughs> until those stopped being a thing when hardcore came around, of course, because nobody wanted to see <laughs> sexploitation when they could just see sex. You start so good with the nudity. Why? <laughs> just the name Ruffies <laughs> is really weird. Yeah. Come on, Ruffies. <laughs> it makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> it's honest, though. I guess it's yeah. like, like... I guess it's what it says on the t- you gotta at least walk under a marquee that says Ruffies. People have to watch you walk <laughs> into that building. <laughs> There's at least that. Hardcore movies. They made a couple of horror movies in the early 70s. I believe Michael and Roberta split up in the mid-70s. Michael ended up dying in a helicopter crash on the top of the Pan Am building in 1977. What? where. Oh my god. The- where he was, I believe, eviscerated. Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah. What? The, the helicopter tipped over, and the blades oh. came off, sliced our man up, and like two other people, uh-huh. a bit of, the, a bit of, yeah. That's how hard I felt that news too. That was my husband <laughs> who died up there. Uh, the, oh. the, 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 she did not like him at this point, so <laughs> she didn't care. She didn't give a fuck. Yeah. Like hell yeah. God was. Did John Landis direct that? (laughs) (laughs) Wowie. John's coming for you, Jamie. John's coming. Sorry. This Jamie Kennedy loves cancel culture. Controversy (laughs) struck the podcast world today. I love it when people have names that describe things that happened to them. It's like, if he could only land this helicopter, then he would still have a career. (laughs) Oh, oh, oh. Boo. No, 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 they sh- died and <laughs> yeah wi- yeah william reached out to the medium that happened to be living in that apartment and that medium didn't want to help <laughs> and then died <laughs> Wait, and then what, died. What, what so many questions what happened to her how much time passes between her death and jennifer moving into the apartment none of which 15 minutes be hey minutes. you know <laughs> the new york real estate world it yeah, is cutthroat yep, yep. Sometimes literally. I mean, she might have just had a stroke, which I think is evidenced by the fact that she writes the word murder and goes, more day. <laughs> right, what? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that a different yeah. language? I was like, I, I had to rewind and watch know. it again because I thought that I missed it. The oldest woman ever staring directly into the camera saying, Morte, which is... Morte. Morte. curse. I believe we're all cursed now. I think that's how that works. <laughs> Dang it. But then the transformation between her her apartment into a yuppie's paradise is very stark. Because we saw, like, oh, yeah. taxidermied birds. It's very dark and moody. And then dark suddenly, wood white walls. <laughs> white walls and white people. Yep. <laughs> uh, 
I I love I love the fact that this movie's made in 1985, but it but it has the soundtrack of a yes! movie made in 1972. It has it's just the like, look of a movie made in 1972. I oh, have to I mean, look sure. at the date like five times because I'm like, 1980. This is the year Back to the Future came out. How? Yeah. How? And, like, man, my favorite thing about like black exploitation movies, other than the fact that they're the best, is these like. <laughs> careening fucking bongo solos that just happened throughout all these movies. And this movie starts with the jamming bongos. Yep. The soundtrack is absolutely bananas. That was one thing that I was like, I really enjoyed the score. And I was like, this is like, I don't know. It's fun. It was like fun and yeah. The, the cut here from Jennifer like taking the planchette to a prostitute taking home someone is jarring to say the least. <laughs> like we cut into a different movie. Oh yeah, and what happens that early? It happens that early. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it's so you know where we're at, right? It's like if there was any question, we go to the Deuce. We go yeah. to Forty Second Street, and it's like, okay, I know that we're seeing high class <laughs> white people. We are going to see some low class white people now. Also, advertising. I really loved uh, burlesque. B U R L E S K. I really yeah, loved I, I, burlesque I, I, show. Yes. That was I so loved beautiful. the so- God. What was the sign? Uh, where's the beef? Inside. Yes. Where's the beef? <laughs> Inside here was the sign outside of the strip club. Love it. Oh, that's no, that's a movie theater. Oh, was oh, that a movie, a movie theater? theater? Oh yeah, the deuce is all movie theaters. Oh. And like peep and like peep shows. Yeah, hey, I think I thought that was a restaurant. Like, a restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> where's the beef? It's inside here. Come in. <laughs> Great steaks. <laughs> it does really do happen very quick, doesn't it? it? Yes. My mind created these possibilities where, like, is this like a B team just like going off? <laughs> is this a B team? <laughs> like, hey, we just need a couple shots of Times Square, and some like B unit was like, this is our chance. <laughs> <laughs> we can make I our make movie it in the big now. leagues now. <laughs> right. It just felt so strangely disconnected, but it almost is, hey, we're going to have uh, murder and stuff in this movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we got to get that in the movie by like minute three. <laughs> we got to give people a chance to leave this theater and go jerk off in another one. <laughs> I want my money back. <laughs> After the thrilling Farkas scene, no refunds will be given. Hey, honey, is there something wrong? You can't do it with your clothes on, you know. You want me to do it for you? Lie down. Look, honey, you're going to have to help me or you're going to leave here with nothing. What, are you gay or something? Oh, my God. My God. Sorry, I'm sorry. It's just that... Uh, <laughs> Mr. Blade. I really did not expect that at all. I was like, it comes out of nowhere. I thought that there was going to be some sort of possession, Mm -hmm. some sort of mythical thing that Farkas did. But no, Farkas was just like, just loves to kill people. No, just a murderer. Just a killing machine. Why does Farkas kill this 
sex worker. Literally no discernible There's no reason, reason that we find uh, out. I, I, we don't I, find I, out. Later on, they, they say that they want, can, can I have my way with Jennifer before we can? Oh. I, I think this is just their thing. They pick up women and murder them. Like that's in between their jobs that they're doing. That this is what they do in between assassin <laughs> yeah. on their in their downtime. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah, because Farkas also is like women are my specialty. Yes, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Then they cool down. They <laughs> <laughs> must be said at this point. So Farkas, we see very little of face to like face on. It's just sort of like a hulking mass of a person mm-hmm. that like has a really, like, gruff voice and talks very New gruff? York. I mean, they pitch, they apparently pitch-shifted <laughs> yes. it down uh, on purpose yeah, because... Be- because, <laughs> yeah, because... Yeah, because the actress sounded too girly, quote, Roberta Finlay. Yeah. Well, so apparently, so the deal was, the part was originally written for a man. Oh, yeah. And oh. she was the uh, girlfriend of somebody who was coming in to audition for the role, and she... Just happened to be there. She auditioned. Roberta was like, "You're better," and just like, <laughs> just like, didn't change the script really, and and just like cast her. Just yeah. was just like, I, "You're oh, that's it. awesome. You're Farkas that's, now." I know it's kind of amazing. That's, that is that's incredible. Yeah. And this is not a feminist icon. I don't know. It's it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's mind boggling. I was really worried about. All, I mean, because yeah, when Still you first worried. see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The costuming is so perfect. You are seeing like just a like floating jacket and like beanie, a hoodie sweatshirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, hoodie sweatshirt. And I, I really felt myself tense up when sex worker up in the bedroom starting to do the sex work, uh, <laughs> trying to get some magic going, reaches into Farkas's pants and then pulls back and says, "Oh, I, I didn't know. I didn't understand." And then. Get stabbed, killed, like sadistically. Oh yeah, not just stabbed, like yeah, like (laughs) sexually tortured. But like old faithful blood spurting everywhere, like a geyser. She really popped. She really popped. (laughs) But nowhere on Farkas. Like (laughs) oh my god, you're right. Women are their specialty. They've done this. <laughs> they, know they know how to get out of the exactly way. Exactly where to go in order to not get anything on yourself. Like that's art. Yeah, that's a profession. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that scene. I definitely felt myself tense up as I was watching the movie, going like, "Oh boy, <laughs> we are oh. now in a movie where a non-binary possibly character is going to do all of the yep. murdering." Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. I was like, good job, Greg. Glad you picked this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> At least later, they do make reference to the fact that Farkas is, in fact, a woman, is supposed yeah. to be a woman, yeah, and yeah, is yeah. and is just, I guess, moonlighting as a guy just to get the, the trick in this moment. And that was when my blood, w- like, smoothed out. And I was like, oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> and that was when I kind of started to be like, this movie's more interesting because literally everybody of consequence in the movie is a woman. There is there, right. like all of the men are just mustaches and ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Better title, um, honestly. <laughs> why wasn't it called that? Oh my god, it, Greg, you are going to be able to use that clip to get so much money out of Billie Eilish one day. <laughs> 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 well, it still plays. 
plays into some uncomfortable tropes for sure. Like I don't want to let of it course. off the hook. <laughs> It, it's an old movie. There's yeah. literally no... I don't think we've... If we've watched one movie that hasn't had at least right. something uncomfortable, it's that's then a miracle. We wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> right. No, right. But honestly, if the moment when Farkas reveals herself to be a woman, Jennifer does the pronoun switch, I'll be... If I'm being perfectly honest, better than I've done with friends. Like, <laughs> I have absolutely... But like that scene is just a man killed William. That's the woman that tried to kill me. She's a woman. She's in the kitchen, and it's just like that's it. <laughs> Fucking nails it every time, and no one ever questions it. Yeah, I yes. wish I could have high five Jennifer in that moment. He was like, "You rule, Jennifer." If for the f- uh, fucking fluffy shoulder look alone you fucking nail those ruffles girl (laughs) i actually think the fashion discussion is interesting based on what i kind of talked about before with the spiritualism angle of things Mm -hmm. and the fact that roberta Mm. finlay has been very adamant about the fact that like her movies don't mean anything she's not making these stories with any sort of purpose and then you have a movie that's like kind of about female empowerment in in the sense again that like every character of note is a woman on both the good side and the bad side. It's literally all a woman's tale directed by a woman. And like, it's about this planchette, which factored into spiritualism, which factors into women's abolition in the 1800s. And then your main character is like dressed throughout the entire movie. Like she's in Victorian England. Like she's, (laughs) she's wearing fucking full on frocks Ruffles all the way down. Yeah, little loft in the Upper West Side. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, she's dressed like someone that would be named Goody. That's that's the Goody look. But but it's a look that evokes like those Victorian oracles. Mm. Like that like that is what the host of the seance would be wearing. So I feel like it's very much foreshadowing her ultimate role. I, I watched this interview with her where like she was talking about her career and when this movie, which was the first movie she shot after making a bunch of hardcore, full penetration. Oh, shit. So har- hardcore pornography. I- uh, <laughs> after a whole interview of being like, nah, bullshit. Like, I'm not the feminist. Un- forget, no. I was borrowing scripts. There's no message. Shut up. You're stupid. The, the, when the Oracle came up, she, like, lit up. And all it is worth noting was wearing exactly the kind of floofy shouldered shirt that uh, <laughs> Jennifer wears. Not to uh, this is going to be a tightrope walk. <laughs> I'm not trying to take away this woman's truth about her feminism. Okay. If she says she's not a feminist, I believe her. But <laughs> that's really all it takes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to not be a feminist. <laughs> but like, there are times when she talks about like being a camera operator and like teaching and learning lighting and learning editing and like sort of doing the work of making a movie like loving that aspect of it and finding the writing and directing to be like whatever (laughs) acting (laughs) at least this is what she says but there's just like such a I don't know there's something so heroic in the interview they show a a picture an advertisement for a movie she made called uh, Angel Number 9 like a, a sex film but it, it steals directly from a movie called Goodbye Charlie with Tony Curtis and Debbie Reynolds. Where the, in this like porn, a guy dies in a car accident while he's getting sucked off. <laughs> Goes to heaven. 
meets an angel who says you're not good enough for heaven but you're not bad enough for hell so i'm going to send you back to earth as a woman now to uh get fucked to like just have sex with people and it was just like (laughs) a way (laughs) and also before you go i'll fuck you now too because it was a porn so there was just sex at any moment oh one more thing one more thing (laughs) and what's so great is this like advertisement for it was this whole essay with a picture of her in the middle i guess the film was even promoted as like this is a feminist porn this is porn from a feminist perspective and this essay was like particularly like porn ain't feminist right guys hear it from the woman herself roberta finlay says it's not feminist and that's like most of it but at the very end of at least the page that's on here it says quote from roberta finlay i think it's all junk different levels of junk she says with refreshing candor what separates this girl from some boys is the boys and there's a quote, have grandiose notions about what they're doing. They think they're Orson Welles. <laughs> and that's <laughs> fucking awesome for, like, <laughs> a person in the, like, sex film world to be like, I f- I'm not making art. Go fuck yourself with your art questions. I'm, like, get- I'm like making sex films, getting money, and, like, getting better at, like, shooting pictures. It's, like, pretty sweet. Whether or not she's a feminist icon, she's a Casey Regan icon. She's a punk rock as shit, though. Even though she did not listen to punk rock, she's punk rock as shit. (laughs) Was she, like, openly against punk rock also? Yeah, she she has a story because she... She, she I like, didn't expect you to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking. Uh, she works at Sears Sounds, which is a recording studio. She said when Paul McCartney came in and she was working there, she's like, I had no idea who he was. <laughs> she's like, I did everything I could to not get swept up in the Beatles bullshit. <laughs> that is the most punk rock thing you can say, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. She is like such a provocateur, like maybe. I like wonder how much of it is a troll. The movie's interesting because there is a level of craftsmanship and there is a level of care that is happening. Like the movie's beautiful. She is quite a talented cinematographer. And even though she could say that she doesn't give a shit about directing, like clearly knows how to work with actors because a movie like this often, you know, can just slip into chintziness and, and boring melodrama. This movie's... If anything, it's not boring. (laughs) Boring Oracle is not. Yeah. So just as quickly as we cut to that murder scene, we cut immediately back to Jennifer having a Christmas party at their apartment. Christmas party slash housewarming party. (laughs) A little bit of column Also, two other people is not a party. And (laughs) if you invite the super, that is uncomfortable. (laughs) I know, yeah. Yeah. Mr. Pappas, why don't you stay and have dinner with us? There's more than enough. No, no, I can't. I'd just like to say, it's very nice to have young people here after the old lady who lived here. And if you need anything, Miss Jorgens, ring my bell. I have to go now. Thank you and Merry Christmas. character yeah yeah papa's doesn't want to stay which i can't blame him it doesn't seem like a very good party they do the sort of requisite seance scene jennifer is the only one 
who believes it. Everybody else is like, shut up, you dumb bitch. Basically, like, they're (laughs) so mean to her. Yeah, they're like, you are a crazy woman brain. Yeah. And and you need to, like, chill. She kept being like, it's a planchette at Contact Spirits. They're like, Contact Spirits. Next, you'll be telling me I can feel anything through a condom. (laughs) (laughs) That's insane. It's absolute insanity. The all like the yuppies are messing around with the planchette, which I thought would be, oh, now they will all get their comeuppance at the yeah. hands of the ghosts. Messing with the spirits never ends no, well. No, but nope. It's just no. like Ray's the only one that gets anything. Oh, the other couple gets something out of playing with you, the planchette. They, they, they get some. You mean? Okay, now we all place our finger on the hand like this. Spirits made me do it. Honest. Serious. Oh my God, what's it saying? I am H-O-R-N-Y. Horny. <laughs> Please don't do this. It isn't right. The other couple, they had, they had, they were having fun with the party. Yeah. <laughs> Which had gone a very weird direction. In uh, fairness, you know, that scene opens with them going like, hey, you know what? It's Christmas Eve, guys. It's almost in midnight. Let's exchange gifts. Oh, yeah, I got you something great. And then Jennifer goes, <laughs> no. No. Why not? I have something better for us to do. <laughs> <laughs> that is very weird party energy. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> that is that is an odd thing to <laughs> let's all I will not I will not accept this attack on my personality at third grade slumber parties, Casey. I will not. <laughs> Were you Ouija friend? <laughs> no, worse. I was Veggie Tales VHS friend. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yes. The rest but- of the episode will now be talking about this, the movie. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> what was it about the Veggie Tales that was like. It wasn't even about like the Christianity. I just like loved Veggie Tales and I like <laughs> right. went to this sleepover. Yeah. And like everyone was like, let's watch Slappy and the Stinkers. And I'm like, no, I brought Veggie Tales to watch. Let's watch Veggie Tales. Oh my okay. God. And then can't believe I, I didn't get invited back to a sleepover, guys. <laughs> there is so much to unpack here. Number one being, what the fuck is Slappy and the Stinkers? Yeah, yeah, is that yeah. from the like Bible? like a seal that plays baseball or something. What? Like, <laughs> What's what? happening? What? It is! It is! <laughs> With Betty Wong! <laughs> Shut the fuck! What? This, this, this was so traumatizing, I only remember this. Jennifer Coolidge? <laughs> what the motherfucking... Oh my- Wow, we should wrap this up so I can go watch this. <laughs> yeah, I know. What are we Holy doing? Shit. Oh my god, they're all pig piled on top of BD Wong who's giving the camera the can you believe this is happening? Ooh. Oh, haven't the I gotten in some everything mess? Everything is so 90s about this. It is. This oh. Guys, we didn't end up watching Slappy and the Stinkers at the sleepover. It's haunted me my whole life. <laughs> Have you seen Slappy and the Stinkers? Uh, no. <laughs> I think we have to fix that. This is oh important. This is important now. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Wow. We. 
Sav, what are you doing tomorrow? We <laughs> <laughs> cut back and forth between the party and Farkas at a diner getting a call oh, and yeah. to cut it. <laughs> That's such a good scene. <laughs> I love so that part good. so much. Yeah. So what'll it be? Christmas special. Is that imported beer? Yeah. Imported from Milwaukee. Yeah, why this with me? What is this? Your private office? I love this scene because it, it it's really inconsequential other than it sets up the fact that people used to take phone calls from payphones, strangely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. fact that, like, if there was any question of where we were, we're in New, New York. York. Yes. Uh, gotta go to a diner. Yeah, the great line where the waitress is like, what is this, your puss in an office? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, they had oh. to get that, like, close-up, like, on that line. And it was like... And then... <laughs> Literally one of the main characters of the movie, not Mike, just being like, shut up, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> we learned everything that we needed to learn from the last scene in the diner, but then we just cut back to show that to show that Farkas doesn't tip. Apparently, yeah. also the special is is forty five cents, yeah. and In and then the, and then the waitress comes over, and goes, "Oh my god, she ate the bones!" Oh, yes, yeah. <laughs> oh, I was like, "That's she ate the bones. so great!" I don't know why anyone thought that was necessary for the movie, but it's you so had good. to know. You had to know that's how ruthless Farkas yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> you want any doubt? Well, it is the one bit of ratcheting if there's anything because we're scared of Farkas. Farkas is scary. <laughs> that scene's only place in this movie was to make someone who had already sexually, sadistically murdered a sex worker with a knife seem like a bad person. <laughs> <laughs> On Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It seems like these scenes are out of yeah, order. Yeah. Like, murder <laughs> eats the bones. Murder eats yeah. the bones. And right in the middle, pop a balloon. <laughs> also, anti-Semitic. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, we, yeah, we don't know. We don't know that, that she did it because she hates Hanukkah. Maybe it was just because this diner was half-assedly also trying to decorate for Hanukkah, and, and she saw right through it. Was oh, like, do, no. do love, yeah, do love that it's just a balloon that literally somebody sharpied Happy Hanukkah onto, which I don't so, yeah. think constitutes as decoration. No. It's like when Disneyland puts one menorah in the window of one of the buildings on Main Street, and you're like, all right, sure. Yeah, you're not fooling anybody. <laughs> Why did she pop that? I, honestly, though, how dare was, she? I loved that. I loved yeah, that. fuck this balloon in particular. Yeah. and it's, <laughs> I was like, oh my god, this person's insane. Oh no! <laughs> but actually, you know what? I sort of found myself like switching allegiances a lot during this movie. <laughs> Like I found myself well, like except for they, I hope you were never on Ray's side, the bastard, ugh, because Ray. I can tell you there has never been a character that I've been more like from the get go. Kill by ghost, kill by ghost, kill by yeah. ghost, kill by and ghost. And boy, howdy, do you get rewarded? I do, <laughs> yes. but it takes a long time. We have to lose Papa's before we get there, and like, frankly, Papa's death should have been Ray's at that point. So yeah, it it is a funny moment where. 
uh, Jennifer's husband, Ray, is like really not stoked about the fact that no. she's whipping out an occult item on Christmas <laughs> no. Eve. They had had a very whispered through clenched teeth conversation earlier about this specific <laughs> thing. She had to was... dig it out, like, from, like, a cabinet. <laughs> yeah, I know. I had to pause several times and still couldn't read any of the notes that were being written with the planchette. Because they write, help me, unintelligible, a thumb something, whatever that last part was. Like, they take no, control of the Ouija board. It just says, help me twice. It just says, help, help me twice? Help me? Yeah. Jennifer crumples up the note, and everybody's like, well, all right, I guess that's the end of the party. And in the middle of the night, she gets up and finds that it's writing on its own in like a pulsating green light with the sound of a beating heart. And then she bumps into Ray and freaks out. No, Ray freaks out. Ray is the one who freaks out. Because yeah, he's Ray like, he's like you dumb bitch. You woke <laughs> me up in the middle of the night and I have to go to work and talk to my friends about how they think you're fucking crazy because we're <laughs> yeah. all judgmental mustachioed dicks. This is the trifecta of douchebaggery in here. Where like, Because like, he settles on like... You know, maybe you wouldn't need hobbies if you were distracted by real things like raising a family. And it's like, yeah, or having sex with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he truly has no idea why that got her out of the mood. <laughs> exactly. Like, he's literally like, you're the worst. My friends hate you. You know what would be cool if you were like my friend's wife? Also, like... Plunk it and dunk it, and she's like, <laughs> she's like, nah, I, 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 I don't think so, Ray. That's not really how it works. He's like, you asshole! I'm gonna go to bed off. <laughs> I was actually, to be honest, very surprised that this movie doesn't really have much nudity, and especially for the fact that it's made by a literal pornographer. It's, yeah. it's actually, it is particularly interesting that there is, I don't think, any nudity at all. Uh, and really. and it, and while it is like a, a reasonably horny movie, yeah, but also yeah. the scene that was the least like a porno was probably the, the sex scene. Yes, the, like sure. the, <laughs> that sex scene follows like an incredibly gross. Uh, a very bloody scene, and that sex scene was way grosser. Just seeing, like, <laughs> that's what I wrote. Like, that's I don't want to see Ray at all like this. Yeah. Like, I, I, like that's what I started going. Ugh, ugh. <laughs> and, and and not only the fact that they're doing it, but the fact that the lead in and Ray's big line is now isn't this better than oh. playing with that stupid board? And her oh. response is. You're always right, which I was just like, <laughs> that felt that felt like it had to have been pulled from some life experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in a yeah. really uncomfortable way. Ugh. I was more just flummoxed by like there were points, there were shots of that sex scene where they were just on like different whole different oh. quadrants of the bed. <laughs> Fucking Ray was coming in from whole other access points, was seemingly dealing in a dimension that like his whole being was pointed at like a collarbone at one point. I didn't understand. It was it was Yeah, I do not want to see oh. Ray in flagrante delicto. <laughs> oh. Even those words together oh. evokes too much for me. I cannot. Do you remember what happened Christmas Eve? What do you mean? The message. On the board? Oh, that so. So, I got another message after we came home. 
William Graham? The, the, the next step in the mystery is the, yeah. the, the message that Jennifer received from the night in the planchette is the name William Graham and a phone number. <laughs> Which is fairly detailed for a ghost. I know, and all the other ones are just like kill, murder, <laughs> yeah. Call toll free nine nine. <laughs> Look, let's call it. It's probably a Chinese restaurant or something. You sound just like Ray. All right, I'll do it. Hello, is Mr. William Grant there? Uh, uh, just a friend. Oh, sorry. Bye. Well, what is it? What happened? That was Mrs. William Graham. She said her husband committed suicide three weeks ago. Cindy hangs up very, very quick. <laughs> Immediately. That was such a panic. I mean, I would too. I would too. <laughs> oh, come on. You, th If there's ever a thing to... Get a little improv 101 with. You gotta yes and your way out of that situation. You can't be like, hey, I'm looking for this person. Uh, bye. You gotta be like, oh, no, I'm uh, er, his gardener. I was just, <laughs> what a horrible loss. You gotta at least do that. You can't be like, I was a stranger. Good luck with your grief. <laughs> Casey, I yeah. will not accept this attack on my character from a sleepover in eighth grade. Thank you very much. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> when you prank called that widower, yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god! Why are you doing this, Jamie? <laughs> Jamie Kennedy, hasn't the experiment gone far enough? <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer is alone at home again on her white couch, doing a a, a little one woman séance. <laughs> And she goes to toss the planchette into a basket, which I guess it knows it's a garbage, though I didn't know that it was a garbage. <laughs> yeah. I don't it think anybody like else knew that it was a garbage. Hamper. Yeah, it's, it's like, like the, the hamper. hamper. Yeah, it, I think it is the laundry hamper. And uh, it sure didn't like that. <laughs> no. Nope. And so literally is like, I'm going to fuck all your shit up. This is over when I say it's over, Jennifer. <laughs> and, uh, and Ray sees it a little differently. I, I literally wrote down, I'm like, winds pick up inside and blow everything over. Ray is going to blame her for this somehow. <laughs> he does! And, and while it's happening, yeah. too. It's, yeah. It is he's a yeah. wild moment. He's outside hearing his wife scream bloody murder. And he's like, what are you doing in there, Jennifer? Open the door! She's like, I'm literally getting murdered. And she, he's like, <laughs> He's like, come on, just turn the key. You just turn the key. <laughs> Stupid woman. For Christ's sake, help me. this movie as this like evil spirit is tormenting her but in a lot of ways the evil spirit is revealing to jennifer a lot of toxic relationships in her life yes <laughs> oh yeah and then excising them from her life yeah, and then taking them the, the ghosts and jennifer are the two good people everybody else is bad people yep. yes and, 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 and papas and papas well, and papas 
Papa's is a good person. Yeah. There's going to be collateral damage. I feel like we've done Papa's a bit of a disservice, y'all. I feel like before we get to his death, we need to speak of his life. Can you can you guys do me a favor? Can you call me Big Papa's? <laughs> do you like it when we do that, Greg? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. I appreciate it. I appreciate it when you call me Big Papa's. <laughs> yeah, he does. Ray tells Jennifer, like, clean up the apartment. I'm going to go throw this shit out. And then instead of, you know, following through with that, sees Papas uh, in the hall is like, oh, you throw this out and gives him the curse, the, the curse box. But but it has to be said that Papas is coming out of the incinerator room. Oh, yes. And yes. I lived in a few New York apartments. <laughs> I don't think I ever lived in any place that had an incinerator room. Oh, you didn't have a, a, a shoot down to the incinerator room on the 13th floor? <laughs> yeah, I guess there was the laundry hamper and then the burn this shit hamper <laughs> right next to it. Nothing gets incinerated in this movie. That's the real bummer. Like, no, well, no, that's not well, true. That's not entirely no, true. No, no, no. He, he, look, he, there's a death by the incinerator. There's not a death by <laughs> yeah, incinerator. By next to. Yeah, next to. There's a death in the vicinity in, of the incinerator, incinerator adjacent death. Yeah, but it's not an incinerator death. We we get no incinerator death. That's not even fair. the box. The box that's doesn't fair. even get burned. Papas does have one vice. He loves the lotto. And then oh, he's he loves playing them numbers, that powerball. Oh, he does the the one thing you should never do in any of these horror movies, which is insult the ghosts. I mean, there was a lot of venom behind the way he went. You have no power. <laughs> like, oh, and spits he spits at the box yeah he, yeah he spits on it that was that was a lot that was extra. right yeah he didn't need to go that far yeah i was like papas you don't mean that you don't mean that papas. <laughs> that's not the real papas he's just, he's just angry he's just angry he lost the lotto much like right. a million other people on this day <laughs> statistically speaking everyone right. <laughs> His performance was genuinely like he was staring into something, uh, you know, maddening, something the mind could not possibly understand. And then so that he can contend with it, fucking shotguns of Budweiser, baby. He's got to chug his beer. He's got to chug his beer. Papa's rules. Uh, Papa's rules. And as as he's doing that, a little fucking Cthulhu... Yeah, a little, oh, fucking, yeah. yeah. A little yeah. fucking all real monsters character like just slips <laughs> out complete of complete with Nickelodeon slime. Let's yeah, complete with gag. Yeah. This is the part of the movie where I, like my heart went a flutter. Yeah. Oh, it, I know. It's because rad. it's a it rules. B we have heretofore been in a combination ghost movie like family melodrama with with just a dash of slasher. And now we've got monsters coming out of glowy boxes. Oh, and to make it even better, to just just to put the cherry on the Sunday, is the fact that the monsters are all hallucinated. Yeah. I love it. Looked it looked like a mistake at first because they cut away and like suddenly it's not on his hand. I'm like, that's a weird continuity problem. <laughs> oh no, it's purposeful. <laughs> because he's stabbing at the like gooey monsters and he's stabbing himself, which is quite gross. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty good. The, the it's very gross. Cutting into arms are, is pretty gruesome. And then he stabs himself through the eye. So good. 
It's so cool! And, and what a fucking glow up from the like, Farkas kills a sex worker scene was just the obvious fake knife drawing blood line onto <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And now yeah, we're the seeing red like- The Sharpie attached to a knife. Right, now we're seeing like full knife insertion effects and like knives hanging out of people's heads. Like Monster arms. Movie. Fucking huge, fucking huge difference. I really thought it was just kind of like a Swiss army type Ouija board that could just like produce anything <laughs> to like oh. kill anyone oh. at any time. Oh. Oh, and I was like, oh, it makes great. monsters too. And then like once it was, I was like, okay, no, he's he's imagining it. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. It is funny that it chose monsters for Papas because there is a <laughs> level to which the other deaths are like a little more like your own vices got you. But Papas, a pure spirit with an occasional temper, <laughs> but who amongst us has never sinned? Papas, who is a pure good, is just like... <laughs> he just gets monsters. He gets some monsters. Yeah, he gets some fucking ghoulies thrown at him. <laughs> so Jennifer hallucinates Papas uh, with the knife, like, in his eye. And... Yeah, because she, well, she's channel surfing because she's still awake and definitely sexually unsatisfied. <laughs> um... <laughs> Absolutely. My man was a big shoulder sniffer, but that was the main move. Yeah. That and some heaving. Like she seemed very bored during the sex scene, and then we immediately cut to her watching TV, and she's like ninety-five percent more engaged. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She just starts screaming, like, really at the drop of a hat, it seems. It's just, like, zero to screaming, I feel. She's on edge. Yeah. After that? Yep. Because that's our first glimpse at the desiccated corpse face of William Graham on the TV. And I really like this movie's, like, puppets. The, the, the zombie, whatever we want to call him, old, old dried-out Willie. He, like, he looked... <laughs> He, he looks I, I don't cool. want to call him that. You don't want to call it Dried Out Willie? Right. I love a movie. Again, we've talked about this. I love a kitchen sink. I love the fact that they were like, let's not have one monster. Let's have all monsters. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right after that, then Papa's comes back with the fucking knife in his eye. And oh. I was like, and I was like, and so in. Yeah. I was like, anything yeah, else sweet. that this movie throws at me, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen. Oh my gosh, yeah. At work, Ray gets handed a file on William Graham's suicide. And he's like, well, when Jennifer hears this simple explanation of what happened, surely she'll give up this ghost. William Graham, the file on his suicide. Who? Cindy has been keeping me informed about the mystic message that Jennifer got from that thing. You mean that spirit garbage again? I don't believe this. We're experiencing mass hysteria. That file's the explanation. It got a lot of coverage, Sunday papers, television. It was apparently some sort of big shot. Found asphyxiated in his car by his plant manager, Thomas Varney. Survived by his wife, Dorothy. There were no children. Oh, thanks. When Jenny sees there's a simple explanation, she'll forget about all this psychic stuff. What simple explanation? <laughs> that your wife correctly predicted that a man died? Like It's you... it's just corroborating everything that Jennifer that she said. She said, and yet somehow it's like damning proof that she's crazy. <laughs> I hate I hate to be I hate to do it, but there Are is you like being a throw... to logic man. Uh, yeah, yeah. But there is a throwaway line where uh not Ray, other guy Bill. Ben. Ben. Mustache two. Mustache two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Beta stash. Uh, oh, yeah. Says, 
it was in all the newspapers. It was like a Sunday special. Oh, okay. oh right, right. So right. osmosis. All right. The implication was Jennifer's fragile brain had taken in this information <laughs> from the scary news, yeah. including his published it. phone number, apparently. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I just keep cheering. Please kill him, ghost. Please <laughs> kill him. <laughs> and the ghost says, "Just wait." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Patience, child. Patience. <laughs> and then they get the call at work that Pappas has died. Jennifer sits by the hand and is writing <laughs> that on its own. Which is so cool. If something happened to my super, I would never know. I would <laughs> have if zero your idea died. if something happened to my super. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't get a call at work. I would yeah. get, like, you wouldn't get bereavement leave? <laughs> I gotta go home. Guy fixed my dishwasher, man. What is it, Ben? Pappas. He's been murdered. Jennifer gets a bunch of flashes of William's death, and she sees Farkas and Bill's widow's um, employee uh, asphyxiating Bill in the car. And now we're getting... Jennifer walks into an exposition shop. <laughs> which uh, I, I love the name of this place and the sign. Yeah. The magic with a K child with a C H and the sign. That's on, how you would spell. That's how you spell that says, child. C H. Oh, with a E. God damn it. God damn it. So the normal spelling of child. All checks out. And she, she gets a lot of, or I guess some exposition from the shopkeeper that never comes back. That really pissed me off where she asks him like, are these dead people? And he says, they are dead people or demons. I don't know. Could be demons. <laughs> this was, this was a very important scene for me because this was a scene where our lead Jennifer kept a fucking licking her top lip. Oh, yeah. She was so flirty. This scene yeah, so <laughs> flirty with the occult bookstore guy. I think, you know why? Was- because because he understands her agency. Yeah. <laughs> and oh my god, and listens yeah. to immediately her. believed her. There was one part where she like looks down and like up and I was like, ooh, Jennifer. <laughs> right. She's like, I'm gonna be your magic child tonight. <laughs> <laughs> With a C H if you know what I mean. <laughs> but he but the exposition he does give is that once the the medium creates the connection with the ghost it's a very powerful bond and like they will stop at nothing to keep that bond until like their unfinished business has come into fruition um which is why certain murders of certain papas has happened (laughs) oh poor papa he didn't know he was in the way he didn't know he didn't know i saw two men murder your husband what he committed suicide no mrs graham there were two men, and I saw them put your husband in a car and turn on the engine. If this is a joke, it's in very poor taste. I saw two men murder your husband! <laughs> <laughs> sort of just tumbles out of her mouth. Yeah, like, just word vomit. How did you get in here? <laughs> Information that Dorothy accepts in a, how should I put this, mm. thoroughly guilty way. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say there's a tinge of suspicion to it? Totally mm. admitting your accessory to your husband's murder sort of What did way. that staircase look like? What did that staircase look like? Why, why are you asking that question? What did, these, what did these two men look like? Were they talking about anyone? Were they talking about a third party? No? Oh, God, that's a relief. That's Whoa. a relief. Because I don't, want a, I don't want a third party to have murdered him. I mean, uh, what? 
she's super <laughs> chill about it and also i was like why would she ask was it here and then <laughs> yeah that's where it was like no you just described the factory where it happened right, that's true. Pretty much leads the witness yes. to, yeah. <laughs> to the scene of the crime <laughs> meanwhile at the uss intrepid barney yeah like literally yeah. the uss intrepid i loved it just because it's like the new york city monument that like would never get used in most movies to be like we're in new york yeah city. yeah telling you it's new york yeah. but only two new yorkers yeah uh barney right. dorothy's employee hires farkas to kill jennifer mustache and then number three party. The, the, <laughs> the, the weakest trace. of all mustaches so far yeah. <laughs> oh for sure Farkas is disguised as a server at the New Year's party that Jennifer and Ray and Cindy and her boyfriend are attending. Uh, Cindy doesn't believe Jennifer that Papas was killed by spirits, so Jennifer runs out to the balcony to be freezing cold and alone. Again, sidebar, if one of my friends yelled after me at a party, I think you need professional help, I would be like, yeah. oh, I have yeah. really shitty friends. <laughs> yeah. I know, she's like, that's nonsense, Jennifer. Yeah. <laughs> you need to, are you on medication? Because you should be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, your bangs suck. <laughs> and also, like, Farkas is essentially Michael Myers, is the <laughs> boogeyman, can assume any form, is apparently unkillable, will be yeah. the fucking server at your New Year's <laughs> Eve party if it means the ability to kill you. And right. in true New York fashion, when she's uh, alone out on the terrace and Farkas comes to try to uh, throw her off the side of the building because that seems inconspicuous. Yeah. <laughs> Make it look that like an the, accident, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> that the that the like drunk dude who's just hanging out is just like literally the only like good thing any dude does in the entire movie <laughs> is like to try to sexually assault a woman, <laughs> which then helps another it's it's like a very confusing scene it in is, a lot of right. weird semiotics he, he's like play. all right you're yeah. a, he's a hero but also can you push him off the building too? <laughs> yeah yeah i was mildly disappointed farkas didn't push the drunk guy off he should have it was a very very confusing cameo for pavarotti yeah. <laughs> Murder is all Farkas does. Murder is Farkas. Farkas's gender is kill. <laughs> oh. Farkas goes by kill kiln. Like, <laughs> but at the same time, Farkas is so, uh, like whiffs so often oh, in this oh, yeah. movie. Far- <laughs> yeah, for somebody who says that women are my specialty, it seems as though that is not so the case. Bad. Well, especially so because if you thought women. attempting to push Jennifer off the roof was inconspicuous, here comes <laughs> right. attempt number two, which is try to push Jennifer's face onto an open flame on the stove. Yeah. <laughs> try to burn her face off? But knowing Ray, he would come in there and be like, God damn idiot, Jennifer. <laughs> You burn your face off. <laughs> and it is, and it is a moment though that that truly like shows that it's like Farkas is a boogeyman because not a boogeyman, Greg, a boogie person, a boogie killer, <laughs> boogie killer. Farkas doesn't like appear in the kitchen. Jennifer runs back into the party, having just been saved by this random drunk. And doesn't immediately, like, yes. I assume the inner monologue was like, yes. oh my god, Jennifer, you were just almost murdered. Okay, 
Don't immediately shout it out. <laughs> that will cause panic. <laughs> Give yourself a moment, Jennifer. You've just been through something pretty big. All right, lean against the wall. Chill out for a second. Jennifer, it's important that you get some me time in this moment. And as that's happening, Fargus reaches through a door and pulls Jennifer into the kitchen. <laughs> That was like a scare out of fucking Nosferatu or something. Like it's not an '80s movie scare. It's like that's like a classic Hollywood yep. shit scare. But but this is, but like the fact that she doesn't tell anybody is underlined by the fact that while her husband can't find her as she's being possibly murdered in another room. And the countdown is happening. His, he's just like, where's my fucking bitch wife? I need a kiss. Like, <laughs> like he, he has no chill. And like, I'm not, I wouldn't fucking tell that guy anything. That's I wouldn't true. tell right. him my fucking birthday. I mean, if yeah, I was... to be fair, when, and then when she does correct this mistake in the next scene to try and tell people, hey, this person tried to kill me again. They don't believe her. Right. Jennifer uh, gets the upper hand on Farkas. Knocks Fargus out with a frying pan. Dumps uh, oh, coffee, coffee. Hot coffee. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, hot face. coffee yeah. in the face. Hot and coffee then in the frying face. Frying pan like, to the back of the that is a, that is a pro, Those are a pro move. Yeah. yeah. Right. Fucking cast iron pan to the fucking medulla oblongata. <laughs> like fucking, like expected, I've just killed right. this person. But doesn't that was double tap. And that's the that's, mistake. Mm, yeah, you gotta double, double tap. <laughs> not, not Vargas. Not Vargas. Nope. Uh, the, <laughs> brings everyone in and sa- and when the body isn't there, Jennifer starts going like, it was, there was a body here. I killed her. I killed her. And Ray goes, shut up, Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> It is. Oh. It is a lot. Yeah. It is a lot. A lot. A lot. Which, and it's a lot. And and then we cut to Farkas on the phone, yes. somehow alive. And it's the only part of the movie where she's a human. And it's also my favorite part because of the line she's given, yes. which is just like, and "If you find any more parties for me to wait on, do me a favor. Call an agency. My mother didn't raise no maid." <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. I so I love that scene. Like I said, this movie really made me just like switch allegiances all over the place cuz like to get that that moment for Farkas to like chill out and be like this is this whole murdering people in cold blood game. It sure does get wacky sometimes. <laughs> I really you know, I was glad she got a chance to uh, let down her boobs, you know? <laughs> I was glad she got a chance to like air That's out. That's what it's all about. <laughs> So then Jennifer asks the planchette, who is trying to murder me? And the planchette, despite being very helpful in like tracking down who is getting in its way, all it offers is kill. It's like, thanks, planchette. A name. What are, you gave me a phone number before, but like. Because then we just get to Jennifer on the street sauntering about and then Farkas <laughs> fucking jumped the Make curb. Make it look like an accident. In oh broad daylight. Yeah. Tries to and run her down on the sidewalk. And if, if if ever there was a question about whether or not Jennifer is a superhero, <laughs> the fact that she's a she is able to <laughs> fucking book it in these heels and outrun, she like just tosses like a, the groceries too, just like yeah, she, oh, they're the gone, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she's like, hell no, I'm fucking, I'm I'm gonna fucking leg it. Our sweet baby Jennifer has freaked out on a security guard. And so apparently that's all it takes to be thrown in the mental hospital. I mean, that sounds about right. Let's be real here. (laughs) 
This like wasn't even a police officer. It just... <laughs> no, it was just a dude. It was like a, it was a rent a cop. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't need to be helped. She needs to be put away. Well, that is that's the eighties. Eh, eh, yeah, uh, but Barney, dressed as a doctor, sneaks in with a needle to her hospital room. You know, just waltzes in, Classic no problem. Move. Uh, and then we see the emaciated head of Will fly through the window, spewing shattered glass everywhere, impaling mustachio number three through the <laughs> face and chest with just massive chunks of glass. It is very fascinating yeah. that this ghost is really capable of exacting its revenge by itself and really only Perfectly uses Jennifer fine. as bait to like track oh these people god. down so it can kill them. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Like what is what does it need Jennifer for? <laughs> well, it needs Jennifer's body. Oh, oh my god. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> Greg, you done wow. did it. You made the connection. I did it, guys. There it is. I baconed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but wait, we we did we did very we did smoothly oh, gloss death. over the best thing, I which is death. yeah, which is Ray, who like may or may not know that his wife is in an asylum, is going through the hamper and finds the scribbler, loses his mind. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. No. And he goes and he goes to burn it and a monster hand comes out of the incinerator oh. and pulls his fucking head off. Thank and God. it's so good. It's so fucking rad. Yeah, that was that was really magical. It's so good because it's like for a guy who like has been freaking out for no reason throughout the entire movie, this was the scene where he really lost his head. <laughs> oh! Beautiful. Beautiful. William Graham is looking out for Jennifer at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Taking Ray saved, out the picture. He, he saves her from Ray and then he saves her from Barney. And right. Jennifer tries to escape the asylum. The music in this scene is baffling to me. It's... Stop her! Stop her! Also, the the asylum itself feels more like the backfields at, like, a music festival. Like, people are just, <laughs> yeah. like, vibing with each other, making out. It's like, like zombies. Yeah, this, yeah, they're like zombies. I was like, this isn't how... <laughs> Like, what do you think a mental patient looks like? I'm not like... <laughs> yeah, they're like free-range mental patients. They're just walking <laughs> around. Just, you know, hanging out. Now, happy yeah. mental patients come from free-range. Free yeah. So, you know. Yeah. No fences here on this nut farm. Uh, I just love... I was, I was happy to see that, you know, people who get, like, sectioned like that, who get, like... That's such a harrowing experience. I was glad to see some of them still fucking get it in. They still people be fucking in that mental institution. You can see it. You can see it in the way they're fucking like uh, grinding on each other as we run through the scenes in like the common rooms. Uh, and and even Jennifer only gets away because it gets a little madcap. It gets a little like silent <laughs> yeah. film. It, it gets comedy. mad, mad, mad world. Like if, it, right, it, like it's just really weird. 
Jennifer's chance. just trying to run from like elevator to elevator as the security guard who's trying to corral her is also trying to corral like four other no. patients who just kind of wander out in the hallway. <laughs> and he gets like, he keeps slipping on dang banana peels and shit. Each like, of whom has their own like rabbit. They're all holding rabbits. Yep. Yeah, man. It's, it's real, so it's bizarre. real silly. <laughs> Jennifer runs out to the street where Dorothy is waiting for her, lets her into her car. Yay, she's saved, but Farkas is in the backseat. Always check the backseat, guys. Always right. check the backseat. Bum, bum. Dorothy. Bum. Who would have guessed? <laughs> <laughs> Will you shut her up? No. You idiot. You call me no names. Well, if you went before with Barney, we wouldn't be in this mess. Shut up. I should never have hired a woman. Oh, yeah. Fucking burn. They get to the warehouse, but Jennifer runs away, uh, and she gets chased by Farkas wielding an axe. And I I love Ray's death, but I might love this more. The mummified body of William shocks Farkas, and she hits a vat of chemicals with her axe trying to get him, and it melts her face. What? Well, but but first she screams, I killed you once, I'll kill you again, which is just like a level of awareness where it's like you're throwing a (laughs) curveball and you don't have time to question, this zombie is coming to kill me. It's just like, no, all right, let's do this, (laughs) motherfucker. Marcus knows what's up. Marcus was was going down swinging no matter what the situation was. But didn't she, like, miss the first time also? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hardcore whips. Like, and as that, well, that's what Casey meant by went down swinging, you know? Yeah, because, yeah. He didn't say she went down hitting. <laughs> Just swinging. You. I killed you once, I'll kill you again. Farkas should have just taken the L and gone home. <laughs> right. <But no>. She's <laughs> got to finish the business. Ugh. Uh, and we had to say goodbye to Farkas in that moment, but got uh, probably the best send off of everyone, anyone in this movie. We salute you, Farkas. Goddamn salute. <laughs> <laughs> if there's a feminist icon attached to this movie, it is motherfucking it's Farkas. 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 <laughs> Jennifer drives away in Dorothy's car, leaving Dorothy the only other option of getting in the murder car. Getting in the murder car, which yeah. is which is somehow still four weeks later parked in the same place yeah. in the same loading right. dock. Not which evidence. Is Not evidence at all. Also, of there. course, she gets in, and of course, <laughs> like the thing that yeah, you'd imagine it. happens, yes. which is she gets suffocated the exact same way, yeah. uh, and she sees dead zombie hubby. And this was the moment when I was like, "You're in the car." Why don't you just turn off the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah. Yes, that was a thought I was having as well. <laughs> the movie like breezed past the huh. first the, the first murder uh-huh, like that, uh-huh. and I just didn't hmm. notice it. And the second time, like they spend all this time trying to get out of the car, I'm like, just take the keys out. Huh. 
Yeah, William Graham might have been a, a dingus. Yeah. In, yeah. He might have deserved it. Also, those cars those cars had the manual windows. So like <laughs> like he could have just cranked the window yeah. himself. No, but he probably. was just, <laughs> like he just had to like paw at it. Yeah. <laughs> like a cat with a laser just paw yeah. at the window. Yeah. <laughs> like... Ding ding dong. Sav, that's the ripoff report card theme that we use every episode. <laughs> Shame but is it, it's not your voice doing it? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's me. His I voice do it every it. single time. Oh, okay, yeah, it is you. Every, yeah, okay, I cool, do cool, it the cool. same exact way. Every <laughs> do you do those movements every time? <laughs> no, no, the movements change. The movements are okay, cool. cool, cool, cool. <laughs> I, I try to live those in a tree. <laughs> yes. The Oracle Ripoff Report Card is brought to you by Apartment Building Incinerators. When you've got that burning desire, throw it in our fire. (laughs) (laughs) So producer and composer Walter E. Sear has a career as careening as the synth stabs throughout the Oracle. He produced and composed for Roberta Finlay during her 80s horror period, lending tunes and talent to Tenement, Blood Sisters, Lurkers, and Primeval, as well as the U.S. version of Lucio Fulci's uh, The Beyond, and Zombie Holocaust, a.k.a. Dr. Butcher, M.D. Uh, Sear started out, like Roberta Finlay, in classical music. He was a concert tuba player who graced the pit of Radio City Music Hall for six years, as well as playing for the Symphony of the Air, the Goldman Band, and Sound of Music before designing and importing custom tubas, creating the Walter E. Sear four-valve tuba. What? In the 60s, he became close to synth pioneer and inventor Robert Moog. He became Moog's sales agent and encouraged him to make synths that were more portable and practical and was a leading performer of the instrument, playing it on the soundtracks for Midnight Cowboy and Let Scare Jessica to Death. In the mid-60s, he opened his own recording studio, Sear Sound, which was the first commercial electronic recording studio and continues to this day as New York's oldest recording studio, having worked with people like Wilco, Steely Dan, Sonic Youth, Yoko Ono, and Patti Smith, to name a few. And guess who's been running the schedule for Sear Sound for the past 25 years? Roberta Finlay. (laughs) He started working with Roberta when they were making porn in the 70s. According to IMDb, he has a few uncredited director's roles on some of her films like Liquid Assets and Fringe Benefits. (laughs) Of his known credits on adult films, he often goes by hilarious monikers. While working as a camera operator on Fringe Benefits, he went by Curtis Cock a lot. <laughs> and when he ran sound on the same film, he was Yogi Bearass. Wow, <laughs> this is a real legend. Oh. Wow. Okay. I, need to, I want to remember that one. <laughs> yeah. If tonight does nothing else, I'm glad I'm writing that name right next to Slappy and the Stinkers. <laughs> <laughs> We did good things here tonight. (laughs) Seemingly, Walter and Roberta worked well with each other as they were each other's oldest colleagues having worked for more than 40 years on all manner of projects. 
So I guess if you can traverse the New York film underground, the New York music underground, 42nd Street, and then I guess now the current rent prices and still be friends, well, that's a match made in heaven. So may we all find our own Walt or Roberta, whichever the case may be. (laughs) That was incredible. What a woman. Sexy remix. (laughs) 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 Rip off report card. (laughs) Wow. Is the sexy remix new? No, every time I do that, every single time. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Just want me to believe that. We've learned a lot from the Oracle, but what do your classmates might be on the final test? If your wife, friend, or frankly anybody in your life starts talking about how a mysterious box is haunting them, listen to them! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is a, that's a teaching moment. Yeah. Hashtag believe haunted women. (laughs) (laughs) So last year, a tweet went viral where someone was describing the, quote, good for her cinematic universe, which (laughs) explains uh, this kind of new subgenre of horror film, which includes like Midsommar, The Witch, uh, Gone Girl is wrapped up in there as well. And uh, a lot of discourse came from this about like what it means for like feminist critique in movies. Uh, And it's a lot to get into, but I think the Oracle should be listed as a precursor, if not one of the original installments of the good for her in cinematic universe. Because I do look at her and say, Good for her. Good for her. Absolutely. Good for her. I'm already mentally inserting the A24. uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Guys, I'm I'm getting I'm getting a message here. It says, "Can you help me?" And it's signed, "I am horny." Damn you, Oracle! Fold again! Shut up. (laughs) I guess uh, my final thought would be that um, in the end, I think Farkas was still more sympathetic than Ray. Oh, yeah. Correct. Oh, yeah. 100%. 100%. (laughs) Agree. Mom didn't raise no maid. Mom didn't raise no maid. You're like, Farkas, I get you now.
the, the untrue part of this whole thing is this woman is trying to help another woman. Another woman Not her. in a million years <laughs> could that have ever happened in my life. Right. Yeah. But right. come to think of it, I don't think I've ever helped another man, so. There's the bell, but before you rush out, thank you for joining another class here at Video High. If you like the show, throw us a review on Apple, or even a like, a tag, a share, anything to prove you love us. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Video High Podcast, and on Twitter at VideoHigh.Pod. Thank you, Seth Applebaum of Ghost Funk Orchestra and Gabriella Tessitore of the band Scout Harris for our theme music. Thank you, Justin Ferraro, for our bed music. Thank you, Offscreen Film Festival, for the Roberta Finlay interview. Thank you, Ann Shearer, for our lovely logo. And thank you, Mr. Philip Marlowe, for being our teacher. Then let your eyes, high planes, drift over to 1995's The Stranger, a martial arts desert dust-up starring kickboxing world champion Kathy Long. That will be your assigned screening. And from all of us here at Video High, Greg Hansen, Jamie Kennedy, Josh Roth, and myself. Let's just say, thank you so very much, Sab, for doing thank the episode you. of this. That was... Yeah, this was super fun. I'm, thank you so great. much for doing it. Is there anything you want to, like, promote? Is there? Do you want to, like, point people towards I, it? I mean, I am, like, finishing up a short film right now called Lost in Transition. I don't know when or where... People will be able to see it, uh, but it'll come out eventually. Keep an eye out, y'all. Keep an yeah. eye out for that. I'm sure. Follow me on all social media. Do find them on social media. That's at sav underscore placeholder text on Instagram and at transsexual icon on Twitter. And we will see you next class. In some ways cursed, in some ways blessed. Who knows? It'll be a long time since we figure out what old (laughs) Willie Graham did for all of us, I think. (laughs) (laughs) In your ear. Podcast Network.